trust you had a wonderful week, a time of celebration as well, and uh, just with family and all, and uh, being together, I trust that you did not overeat. I won't ask for a show of hands who did or did not, uh, who participated in all of the festivities of the week uh, with a day of thanksgiving as well. Arturo, uh, that was with us and is with us this morning, uh, it has been several years in the making here. Uh, after much prayer and after much meeting and doors closed and uh, just beginning in it, and I will say at one point we thought this door may be closed as well, but God saw fit uh, to open the door wide open for us. And I will tell you, I don't know how many of you remember when he was with us the first time. He spoke here. Uh, Louisa interpreted for him. And he said, when I return to the U.S. and I stand once again at Ascension Baptist Church, I'm going to deliver the address in English. And I want to tell you something. He did a good job, didn't he? It's hard to understand sometimes, but we praise the Lord for them. Be much in prayer for them as they begin the efforts here with inside of Ascension Parish uh, to see a work raised up for Jesus Christ uh, in the Hispanic community here. All right, take your Bibles and let's go to Colossians chapter number 1. We're going to make our way through some um, often overlooked, often taken out of context, difficult passage of scripture this morning that I'm going to try to walk through very slowly for you uh, just to make sure. Unfortunately, we're also going to have to do a little bit of English lesson this morning. How many of y'all like English? How many of y'all just soon do without the course in English or language as it's called? Okay, uh, because we because we struggle with it or have difficulty with it. Well, we're going to be in verse 19 is where we're going to begin. And uh, we're going to kind of back up and so that you get the context of everything that Paul is speaking about here. But starting in verse 19 of Colossians chapter number 1, I want you to notice as Paul writes in his letter, he says, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself having made peace through the blood of his cross through him I say whether things on earth or things in heaven it's immaterial didn't make any difference and verse 21 and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind Engaged in evil deeds. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I, would, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, and filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. 
of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God that is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ for this purpose also I labor striving according to his power which mightily works within me and let's pray together father we thank you for your word we thank you for this letter from paul as he writes to this church and father as we read its content uh, father i pray this morning that the holy spirit would speak to our hearts father as paul continues to deal with the gospel and father it's the gospel that is important here father it's the gospel that changes lives it is the gospel that brings hope it is the gospel that brings peace and contentment in the heart of individuals and father it is the gospel why whereby we have a relationship with you and so father i pray this morning that as we continue to see as paul begins to speak about the importance of the gospel father may we examine our own hearts and lives today uh, father to ensure within our own selves that father that this gospel that paul speaks about is indeed a part of our lives and who we are and father that there has not just been a been a profession but father that but there has been a confession uh, in our own hearts and lives as to who jesus christ is and so, Father, I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit would go before us, prepare the way for us, speak to our hearts. May your word accomplish what you intend for it to accomplish this morning. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Verse 23 is where we will pick up this morning. And it's interesting that the verse begins with the little two-letter word, if now, I said there would be a little English lesson this morning, and there will be. Because when you read verse 23, it says, If you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a minister. The word if in verse 23 is an interesting word because it's the indicative. It's in the indicative mood. And let me tell you what that means. It means or it has the idea of assuming that you continue in the faith. And that's what, that's what Paul is writing here, assuming that you continue in the faith. In other words, that there is fruit that is seen in your life of the relationship that should exist between you and Jesus Christ based on the gospel that has been preached to you. And that is what is of vital importance to this letter as Paul continues this letter for even for us today to make an application in our own lives of who we are is the gospel a part of our lives is the gospel a part of our lives every day is there fruit that is seen in our lives as a result of the gospel as the gospel has made that change within inside of us we become a new creature in Jesus Christ 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have a change of mind when it comes to Jesus Christ and who he is. And if or assuming that you continue in the faith, or in other words, the gospel that was preached and that was taught by Paul, that is, continuance in the gospel as it was preached by Paul specifically, would show that the person was saved and would be presented holy without blemish before a holy God. And my dear friend, that is the only way that you can be presented in that method or in that means before a holy God is to be a partaker or recipient of the very gospel that Paul spoke about. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ took on our sin... God became flesh, Emmanuel, came and dwelt among us, walked and lived a sinless, perfect life, died on the cross of Calvary in our place. That sacrifice had to be made. And as a result of that sacrifice that was made on the cross of Calvary, died and was buried, and three days later rose again, and a few days after that ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he now sits by the right hand of the Father as our high priest making intercession for us. It was what took place on the cross of Calvary and the resurrection that brings about the change in our heart and in our life. That's what Paul is writing about here. And so he says the continuance in this, and that being a part of our lives, would show that we're saved and have been born again, and therefore would be presented holy without blemish, spotless before the father because here's what you need to understand and realize you will not stand before the father in your own righteousness nor merit one of the things we need to understand when we stand before a holy god we stand in the righteousness and the merit of jesus christ himself not ours so when he looks at us who does he see us as we are paul was addressing truly born again believers are truly born again Colossians, not unsaved professors of Christianity who would follow the heretical teaching of the Colossians. And what was that heretical teaching of the Colossians? Well, here's what they were teaching, that Jesus Christ alone was not enough. Jesus Christ alone would not accomplish what was necessary. What the heretics were teaching to those in Colossae was this it was Jesus Christ plus knowledge it was Jesus Christ plus this mystery this mysterial or mystical knowledge that had to be a part of an individual's life in order for them to be truly born again so it was the gospel plus something else it is not the retention of salvation here in this portion of the letter that is in the apostles mind but the possession of it that would be shown by their continuance in the gospel in other words here's what he's doing he's taking the possession of it and the continuance of it and he's putting them two together if you're if you're a possessor of the gospel then there will be a continuance in the gospel in your life that is what he's saying if you continue in verse 23 if you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast is it a part of your life have you been changed by the gospel 
Has it brought a radical change about in your heart and life? Are you truly born again? That's the question. And you hear, I ask that question all the time. Have you truly been born again? Born from above? Has your life been truly changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Where is the gospel? How do you see the gospel in your life? How is it lived out in your life? Is it a part of who you are every single day? When, when, when others in the world that we live in today look at us and they see us, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in our neighborhoods, regardless of where it is, is the gospel a part of our life and who we are? Is it something that we just use and say from our lips or do we live it out in our lives every single day? I will tell you, what Paul is talking about in verse 23 is, I've got the possession of the gospel, but I continue in the gospel. And guess what? It is seen in my life each and every day. And that's what Paul is trying to get across here. That word continue in verse 23 is another interesting word. Because it means to persist in. It means to adhere to. It means to stay with or to abide with. And so Paul says, if indeed. And so all of this letter so far, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast. In other words, you're steadfast. You're, 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 it, it's, it's a firmness with inside of you. It's not something that we deviate from. It's not something that we draw away from. You know, I know in, in my life and sometimes uh, life every day can, can get difficult and sometimes uh, life for us, uh, when it comes to reading our Bible and praying, and, and I will say this, I'll just be honest and truthful with you. And I've, everybody in this auditorium, I don't care who you are, okay? You can be as pious and spiritual as you think that you may want to, but I'm going to tell you something. There are just some days you just don't feel like reading your Bible. You just don't feel like praying. You just don't feel like doing a whole lot when it comes to the Lord, do you? Do you? Any of y'all ever had that happen? I think if we're all honest and truthful in here, we would all we would all say that with the affirmative. But when it comes to our life as a believer and, and the gospel being a part of our life, we don't stay there for an extended period of time. We understand and realize how important that relationship is between us and the Lord. And it doesn't take us long to get back to the point that, hey, you know, I, I, I need to... The reason that I'm at this point here in my life is I am desperately in need and stand in need of the relationship that I have through Jesus Christ with the Father. And I say this all the time. Even when you don't feel like reading the Word, read it anyway. You don't feel like praying, pray anyway. I don't feel like going to church, go to church anyway. Why? Because it may be while you're reading the Word of God, something... The Holy Spirit may allow you to see that speaks to your heart and pulls you away from that feeling that you have. How about praying? How many of you have ever sat down and begin to pray and your mind starts wondering and it goes everywhere else and there's no focus, there's no attention and it just seems like your prayer just doesn't get very far? Huh? Pray anyway. Just keep praying. Try to refocus yourself. 
Read the Word of God. Keep reading the Word of God. To persist in. To adhere to. To stay with. To abide by. Let me tell you what Paul is talking about here. If there was anyone, if there was anyone, okay, who would have had an excuse to quit, it would have been Paul. You think about Paul's life. And matter of fact, are you ready for this? His prison epistles, he's writing these letters from prison. Supposedly, as the apostle to the Gentiles, being used by God to spread the gospel throughout the world as it moves and makes its way. Did Paul quit? No. What was it? What was it at the core of who Paul was that caused Paul to continue every day? Are you ready for it? I'll give you the answer. Anybody want to guess? It's the gospel. It was the gospel. Why? It was the most important thing in Paul's life regardless of being called by God to deliver the gospel. But that road to Damascus experience that Paul had forever changed his life. And my dear friend, I'll share something with you this morning. When you come, when you come to face-to-face with the gospel, and when the gospel becomes a part of your life and who you are, I will say this to you this morning, it will forever change your life. I can say that, okay? I am one. 32 years ago. And are you ready for this? It doesn't ever grow old with me. Every day is a new day. I understand now why the Word of God, when it says His mercies are new every morning, I understand the context of that today. Because they are. Are there days as a preacher, as a pastor of this church, that I don't always like to read the Bible and pray and do all of those things? Let me give you the answer to that question. It's yes. There are days like that. Are there days sometimes where I just don't feel like coming here on Monday mornings? Yeah, yeah, you better bet you there are. But here's what you need to understand. Even though that thought is there, even though that may be present, I understand the urgent need today of the gospel. We perfect? No. There's not a single person in this auditorium this morning that's perfect. But I'm going to tell you something. As believers this morning... Do you understand we have been born again by the graciousness of a holy God simply because he loves us? And I'm going to tell you something. If that doesn't motivate us to serving him and doing what we've been called to do, I don't know what there is left to do to to motivate us. It's the gospel. What motivated Paul? It was the gospel. What motivated Timothy? It was the gospel. What motivated Peter? It was the gospel. What motivated all of those who have gone before us? It was the gospel. My dear friend Paul, as he writes about it, he said, If we continue, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, firmly established, not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, 
which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven of which I Paul was made a minister Paul knew that and he's like I'm a minister of the gospel you ready for this so am I but are you ready for this Paul said I'm a minister of the gospel you ready for this you're in the ministry of reconciliation as well as a believer there is nothing that will change a life with eternal change other than the gospel Jesus Christ is it there's nothing else there's no one else there's nothing that is added to it there's nothing that can be taken away from it it is Jesus Christ himself those Colossians who were saved were placed on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and grounded on him when you look at verse 23 they were firmly established and steadfast firmly established and steadfast on what? the foundation of the gospel who is the foundation stone? Who is the cornerstone? It is Jesus Christ himself. Who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ is. That's what we need to understand. So my question today, your gospel that you has become a part of your life and who you are, is it grounded firmly on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? Or Jesus Christ and something else? Or someone else? You see, what Paul is writing in verse 23 is this. That is a once-for-all act on the part of God, having permanent results. So who is Paul dealing with here? Those who were professing to be Christians, but yet following after the heretical teaching of the heretics in Colossae. It is Jesus Christ plus something else. And so, Jesus, so Paul here in verse 23 is saying, so if, assuming that you continue in the faith, in other words, the fruit of the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ through the gospel, and you continue in that mode, then, and only then, will you be presented spotless, holy, before a holy Verse 24. This is one we don't like because this is a tough one. Notice what Paul writes in verse 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. <laughs> I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. What's he doing? He's in prison. He's writing a, he's writing a letter from prison. That's who he is. That's who Paul is. He's been beaten 39 times save one. He's shipwrecked. He's been stoned, left half dead. Thrown out several times. Ridiculed. I, I mean, the list, just goes, the list just goes on and on and on. But it det did it deter Paul from what he was doing? Did it deter Paul from the gospel? It did not, because notice what he says. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. 
and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body which is the church filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions what in the world did he mean one aspect of Paul's ministry was this it involved suffering and matter of fact are you ready for this Paul knew it was coming but it did, did it deter him no did it stop him no matter of fact Ananias had even God told Ananias Ananias passed it on down to Paul and Paul would learn how many things he must suffer for Christ's sake he knew it would become a part of his life and what was ahead of him matter of fact take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 9 Acts chapter number 9 and I want you to notice verse 16 Acts chapter 9 and verse 16 matter of fact Lord speaking to Ananias who God told Ananias I want you to go I want you to go connect yourself with this one named Saul first thing Ananias thought was wait a minute go connect myself with who uh, he's the one who has been persecuted uh, you sure about this yes it's what I want you to do and matter of fact notice in verse 15 and verse 16 but the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel for I now notice this for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Really? Would you, stay, would you stay signed up for that? Knowing that all of this was going to occur? Knowing the suffering that would come? This teaching today, my dear friend, that when a, when a person becomes a born-again believer, that all of a sudden your whole entire life is going to change. Everything now is going to fall into place. Everything is going to be just, just the best that it can ever be. It is going to be a bed of roses from this day forward. It's not true. That is not what, that is not what salvation is about. So what about the believer? What about us today in suffering? What about us today in, in persecution? I will, say this, I will say this to us today. We in the Western church do not know anything about what persecution is about. We don't experience persecution. Matter of fact, I was just talking just here just the first part of this week with someone who lives in an area that are going through a great deal of persecution right now simply because of the gospel simply because of the gospel we we don't know what that's about here today well what about us as believers well take your bibles and turn with me to romans chapter number eight i hear people say this you know a lot and we talk about this all the time well i can't wait until that day comes because I'm an heir, a joint heir with Jesus Christ to all of those things that he has as a result of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to share in all of this with him. I think we lose sight of something in that verse. 
Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 17. Verse 16 and verse 17, notice what it says. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also, what? Glorified with him. What makes any of us think that suffering and persecution will not be a part of our lives and who we are as believers? I can say this to you today, you need to get ready. As things progress, as things in the world get much more difficult, as we await for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, just look around the world today, just look around at what's happening. Look around at what's happening in our own country today. As things drastically change, even in our own country today, where will we stand? Where will we stand when it comes to the gospel? If indeed we suffer with him. Paul suffered because of the specific ministry that God had given him. Let's go back to Colossians chapter number 1. It came with the ministry that God called Paul to be a part of. He planted churches in Gentile pagan territory, and that brought reactions from both Jews and Gentiles alike. It was difficult. It was a difficult journey for him. Verse 25 and verse 26, notice as Paul continues to write, he said, Of this church was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested in his saints. Where in the world is Paul talking about that? He said, you're finally seeing the mystery. It is not some special knowledge. It's not something that's hidden away, but here's what it is. Now both Jew and Gentile standing together on the same plane because of the gospel, coming together in the same church. That was the mystery. It is being seen right before your eyes. You're able to see it. When it comes to salvation, when it comes to the gospel, there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. We all stand on the same plane when it comes to the gospel. And Paul said this mystery that was hidden from the past ages and generations, but now has been manifested in his saints or to his saints. It is now in front of you it is now evident in the very church in Colossae both Jew and Gentiles worshiping together worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ together in the same church that was, that was the mystery but here's what the heretics taught the mystery this, this mystical area as far as the heretics were concerned was this secret knowledge that until you reached a certain point spiritually, you could not become a recipient of this secret knowledge. And it took Jesus Christ and this secret knowledge together in order for you to have a relationship with the Father. Let me say something to you this morning. That's hogwash. It's not true. It's Jesus Christ and Him alone. 
faith and grace that is necessary when it comes to salvation. And also, here's what else Paul wanted to make sure that they understood that the fullness of the mystery was found only in Jesus Christ. That's the only place it could be found. What allows us to all meet together in a local New Testament church? You ready for this? <laughs> There's a day coming when we're going to stand around the throne of God, and I'm going to tell you something, there's going to be a whole lot of folks there. You ready for this? They're going to be from every nation and kindred and tongue on the face of this earth. We as believers on that day when we're around the throne, guess what we're going to do? We're going to be around the throne of God, praising Him for all of eternity for who He is. Are you ready for this? Regardless of who you are. That's what the gospel does. The gospel breaks down the barriers. The gospel breaks down the mystery. The gospel breaks down all of those things that could not possibly be penetrated if it had not been for Jesus Christ himself. Because of that relationship that we have with him, Paul said, if you continue, if you continue steadfast and sure on the foundation that is necessary, if it's a part of your life every single day, it was, a, it was, it was an act that came from God himself for us. And then verse 27 Paul said, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And here it is. You ready for it? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I don't know about you. <laughs> Woo! I'll just tell you this morning. I, I don't know about you, okay? All I know is that morning, that Sunday morning, I walked into that service lost and on my way to hell. See, I was one of those professing ones. Hey, I could hold a Bible and carry it underneath my arm like the best of them. Could I quote Scripture? Sure I could. Say, wait a minute, well, how could, how could you be lost and quote Scripture? You can do that. It's called memorization. You just memorize it. Didn't mean anything to me, but boy, I could spout it out. Matter of fact, I could stand there and sing songs out of the hymn book all day long. But listen to me, it didn't mean a thing. It was nothing but words off of a page, page or, or printed words out of some book. Nothing changed. There was no transformation. But that Sunday morning, I knew by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God, I understood then what was missing. And from that day forward, things have never been the same. And are you ready for this? It is something I just don't get over. Why? Because I realized who I was. I realized where I was headed. And I realized and understood very clearly and plainly what the gospel was all about. And 
Paul said, here's what it is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. And then he goes on to verse 28 and verse 29. And Paul said, he makes it very plain. He said, we proclaim him. He's the one we proclaim, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man, what? Complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. This completely totally contrasted with the heretics in Colossae and their notion that a mystery was a secret teaching known only to an exclusive group and unknown to the masses I'm thankful today that the gospel is available to all you don't need to be a theologian and you ready for here's the greatest part about it you don't need to clean your life up there's no point that you have to come to that you're good enough for the love and the grace of a holy God. There's nothing additional that has to be added to it. It's simply called the gospel. Paul said, writing to the church at Colossae, he said, that's what my desire is for you to see and understand. Christ in you the hope of glory to understand the gospel because it will forever change you and who you are when you understand the grace of God the grace of God that was bestowed upon us and my dear friend let me just share something else with you this morning may we may we may we never get to a point that we expect more out of individuals when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ than we did from our own selves. People desperately need the gospel today. But they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, I thank you for Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. Father, just this opening part of the letter is Paul clearly defines who Jesus Christ is, what the gospel is about. And Father, the evidence of the gospel in the lives of truly born-again believers as he encouraged them against the false teaching against the heretics as he affirmed to them that the peace and the contentment that would come in their heart and life came only from Jesus Christ and the only way that we could ever stand before a holy God one day to be presented without blemish and holy and righteous and just is because of Jesus Christ 
Father, may we see that. May we understand that so clearly in our own lives. And Father, to understand and realize that the world today so desperately needs you. Father, people need Jesus Christ. Father, may it not be just words that roll from our tongues, but Father, may we live out the gospel each and every day, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard. And yes, even when it might bring reproach, when it might bring scorn, when it might bring ridicule. Father, I thank you for loving me. Father, I thank you for your grace. Father, I thank you for your mercy. Father, I pray for each one that is seated in this auditorium this morning. Oh God, my prayer is today that they all know for sure in their hearts that they have been truly born again. And so, Father, during this invitation time, I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring about conviction where conviction is needed. And that, Father, we would be obedient his leading may we follow you today with every aspect of who we are we ask all of this in Jesus name and for his sake amen I'm going to ask you to stand together with me this morning I have decided to follow Jesus I trust that you have. And as we sing this together this morning, God has spoken to your heart. Would you step out and come as Brother Red leads us this morning? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will no turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back.
behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Amen. God bless you. Now we come to the time of the service where we have an opportunity to give back to the Lord a portion of that that he has blessed us with. It's a time that we worship through giving, and giving is a part of worship. And uh, so as we continue our worship this morning through our giving, I'm going to pray this morning for our giving. May everything that is received this morning uh, be used for the furtherance of the gospel, not only here but around the world. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that we have to give. Father, a portion, a small portion of that that you so richly bless us with. Father, I pray this morning that you would take it, you would use it. Father, for the furtherance of the gospel, not only here but around the world. Father, I pray that you would just multiply it beyond what we could ever imagine. We ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment.
this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. We're going to be dismissed, but here's what's going to happen. I've asked Arturo to come dismiss us in prayer and to do it in his native tongue of Spanish. And you ready for this? God knows and understands. So can we because it's all centered in the same foundation of Jesus Christ. So as he prays this morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray as well. Amen? What a picture of what one day it's going to be like when we fellowship together around the throne because of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Arturo, fellow laborer in the gospel, as he comes this morning to dismiss, to dismiss us in prayer. Oremos. Señor, te damos gracias en esta mañana por tu preciosa palabra. Gracias por invitarnos a entender que Jesucristo es la razón de nuestra fe. En él estamos cimentados y arraigados. Creemos en Jesús. Creemos que Jesús es el camino, que en él hay vida, que en él hay salvación, que en él hay transformación. Anímanos a compartir el Evangelio de Jesucristo en todo lugar, en nuestras casas, en nuestro vecindario, en todo Ascension Paris. Que el Evangelio de Jesucristo sea predicado y que toda persona pueda conocer que Jesucristo es el Señor. Padre, necesitamos dar a conocer el Evangelio. La gente necesita desesperadamente conocer que tú eres el Señor. Ayúdanos. Somos tus siervos. Somos tus hijos. Ayúdanos, Santo Espíritu de Dios. En el nombre de Jesús oramos. Amén. Amén. Okay.